machine is still spinning like crazy. I don't know, hardware issues today and Skype issues today. Maybe I should just go back to bed. Skype issues every day. <laughs> should go back to bed and rest. Rest is best. That's what we say around our house. Do you guys have rest is best at your house? No. That's uh, Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger's neighborhood? Yeah. Uh, Ooga Mooga. Ooga Mooga. Rest is best, Daniel Tiger says. He does. I, I try, say that I try to pay attention to Daniel Tiger. Oh, love the rest is best. <laughs> it's classic. I have to learn to uh, filter that stuff out of my brain because I'd go mad. <laughs> Get stuck in there? All well, you know, that is inspired by uh, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Rogers was my commencement speaker. Really? Yeah. There you go. It's all connected. You're kind of stretching for the Kevin Bacon connection. <laughs> I don't think that's a stretch. <laughs> commencement, and it was the best commencement talk ever. And of course, my college doesn't like have a recording of it, or at least nothing online. But I would love to see a recording of that because it was awesome. It was amazing. Everybody just figured it'd be like Mr. Rogers. And he was Mr. Rogers. But it was just a spectacular talk. Yeah. Kick, kick okay. me off into the world in the right fashion. I don't know if my college had a commencement speaker. I don't remember who it was. They must have. I mean, that was like the best commencement speaker my college ever had. Him and Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly's their claim to fame. I had a company outing once, uh, and they hired a motivational speaker of Mm. sorts who, in fact, was not a motivational speaker by career path, but was uh, uh, the trainer for the Green Berets. (laughs) At a certain point, okay. in time. and the dude was scary. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever he was meant to motivate, I'm sure was motivated. Um, nice, a little. But like I a don't remember much about it. Twenty-four year old Butov went home and cried. How old was I? This was 2003. I don't know. Calculate back. I don't know. How old are you now? 36. 36. <clears throat> I can't math today or any other day. So you were at 20, uh, 23. That's what I said to begin with. Or 24. Yeah, so 23. All right. Um, uh, listen, I released Hast. Yes, that was top of my list of things to talk about. So let's let's chat. So how are sales today.com is out. Go uh, buy it. <laughs> That's, we should just end right there. Five minute episode. You're not going to get anything more valuable than that bit right there. Um, yeah, that's out. And so, so it seemed like it got picked up a little bit on launch. We had some nice retweeting going on, and Eric uh, Barnes, who works at Userscape, wrote up a nice little thing, pushed it out through his channels, and that was nice. Thank you, Eric. Um, yeah, um, um, I, you know, I wanted to, like I said before, I'm probably gonna uh, do a bunch of podcast sponsors type of things I want to try, mm-hmm. and one of them is probably gonna be on his show, um, on his yeah, podcasts. But I do want to wait like a week or two to see if there's any like weird bugs or especially like account sign up issues or things like that that I want to get out of the way before I start throwing money at the thing. Yeah. So how is it going so far? Off Good. To an okay, start. A couple of uh, it has a trial, right? So I won't know until some of the trials start converting. But yeah, thirty day trial, eight bucks a month. So that's what we there. settled it's like on. Ridiculous. It's insane. Netflix prices. It's Netflix prices for like something that every other service that does this is like. Like 30 at least. I mean, 30 at minimum. And then as soon as you have more than like a certain number of users, it goes up, blah, blah. It's all unlimited. It's super private. It's on your desktop. Nobody's, uh, you know, growth hacking your data. Nobody's sitting there looking through it. Best thing ever. Yeah. I got Hast monitoring Hast right now. It's all (laughs) Inception-y and stuff over here. (laughs) 
That's always the best when you can use your own product. Um, yeah. So that's how. Um, so how'd the launch go? Like, give us some. Give us some. <clears throat> it wasn't anything. It's was just. It's exactly what you saw. Yeah. Um, was getting ready for it? Anything like tricky or problematic in the lead up? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I did get really uh upset about C plus plus. Like I like I know like. We were up in the gun ho and idea of doing desktop apps and cross-platform desktop apps, but none of that excitement is, is, is has anything to do with the fact that we're writing code on C++. Right. There's a lot of work there uh, that is caused only by the fact that you're using C++, and it's just a pain. All the memory management stuff is – like there's no reason to be using C++ for desktop applications these days, and yet it seems to be the thing to do. I was actually looking at Python because – there's a Qt binding for Python, mm. which seems to be the second most popular next to C++. But the more I dug into there, the more it looked like there are some Python issues on Mac that seem to be hmm. some kind of things that neither Qt nor Mac nor Python community cares to own. Right. So <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be sold anytime soon. So I thought maybe not. It, it's fine. I would rather learn Python and do an app in Python than continue running desktop apps. And <laughs> well, that's, I mean, but it's like one of those tricky things where like the C world is still like, you know, it's like the lowest common denominator where you know you can like kind of deal with anything. And then if you go off in some strange direction and you just get screwed because there's some like patch that needs to be made to Python, which obviously you're not going to do and whatever. That's or you're on this yeah QT angle where... Qt is this like framework for making desktop apps for those of you who don't know, but uh, <clears throat> you end up in some yeah like ninety percent of the people are using C plus plus and you're you know in the minority using Python and let me, let me give you an example. I was having this memory issue and that's like that that starts in C plus plus land. I was having a memory issue um, where it was like uh, it was like a piece of running away memory. Like I have no idea why it was leaking after a while because. Uh, Hast is weird. It's one of those things that it'll, it'll run for weeks without stopping, so it needs right. to be tight. Um, and I was having a memory issue, and there's like, there's no, it's it's uh, written with uh, Ming W, I think is the way you pronounce it. You know, the the trouble with working online is like you never know how to pronounce anything. You always <laughs> read it. Ming W compiler, I guess, not the Visual Studio compiler, but no, I guess an open source compiler on Windows. That doesn't have any kind of cool little memory analyzation tools that Visual Studio would give you. Right. Um, and the one everybody uses is Valgrind. Or Val- yeah, I guess Valgrind is the way you say that. And that's the one I've been using since forever since I've been using Valgrind back in Solaris days. Um, and, of course, Valgrind is not a Windows thing, uh, but it's supposedly a Linux thing, but it's not a Mac thing because Mac – Right. Um, and they promise maybe it has support on the Mac, but maybe it doesn't. And if it does, maybe it's finicky. And but when you're analyzing memory, you don't want finicky because you're gonna <laughs> get rid of. That's what you're trying you, to avoid, right? You want to get rid of any possible variables. Um, so I wound up having to launch a VM to install Ubuntu to install a development environment on a virtual machine running on my Mac, so I could compile the C++ code, hast code on Linux that it was never meant to run on. <laughs> it wasn't designed. It was just designed. All the if devs and everything in has this Windows or Mac. Uh, but I just needed it to run um, so I could run Valgrind against it so I could analyze the memory on it. 
And then it turned out to be some nonsense thing that I could have found if I dug long. Like, it wasn't a memory issue, but um, just the fact that you had to jump through, like, three operating systems worth of hoops to get anything done, and it's, like, 2016 is just ridiculous. And all that has to do with, like, I, I've never had PHP issues like that <laughs> or C-sharp issues or Java issues like that. I mean, there's memory issues with any language, but these aren't memory issues. This is, like, this Mac library is core dumping on me. This is pure C++ garbage. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and you think like it's it's all horrible. That's why like on the web stuff, it's like, well, now everything has to be responsive and you got to do this and you should be using these JavaScript frameworks on top of your PHP framework, on top of core PHP, on top of all, so you have all that stuff and you're like, oh, it's horrible. Desktop, that's got to be better. Like they've been doing desktop for a million years. Like that's all figured out. Great. Yeah, no, nobody's still, been putting any work into it. <laughs> it was figured out like 20 years ago, it was figured out, but then people just stopped working on it. Yeah, it was figured out 20 years ago for the standards of 20 years ago, right. and then people stopped working on it. Oh my yeah. goodness. There's, there's so, no, there's no um, great golden solution to uh, being happy and running desktop apps cross platform and not using C. Did you consider just uh, moving it to just one one uh, OS? I can't. I actually have stats on that, and it's pretty much 50-50 in Linux, um, Mac and Windows. Yeah. It's hard to do that. Unless yeah. you're going real heavy into like one, like it's a Mac thing or something right. like that. But. Right. And like that's how that's how I started writing even Scribbleton because I had Voodoo Pad, and that was Mac only, and I really like using it. And uh, I needed a cross-platform one, that's why I wrote Scribbleton and... I mean, yeah. Uh, Qt seems to be the most Qt with C plus plus seems to be the most mature. Um, everything else is so far behind. So, how was? Uh, have you had any? I know that people's trials aren't up yet, but have you had any pushback on pricing it uh, monthly? No. Somebody asked something on the forums, just why I was doing it as a subscription, mm. and I answered that. Um, but on our forums, on our forums, yeah. Um, but nobody had any. Comp- I don't know. This isn't like the mobile world. People complain about ninety-nine cent apps. I don't like. I I priced it for impulse purchase pricing, basically. Yeah. Um, if you find it useful, eight bucks a month won't be an issue for you because there's nothing else. You're paying five bucks a month for no ten bucks a month for Spotify. There's really nothing you're paying eight bucks a month for <laughs> except Netflix. <laughs> And that's a consumer consumption thing. So, and that, like now that they're even trying to push it up to uh, to twelve bucks if you want the four K. Oh, that's. I mean, that's fine. I'll pay like thirty bucks a month for Netflix. <laughs> um. Yeah. So no, that's fine. I mean, uh, the subscription price will go up as I add a lot more stuff to it. But I just wanted to start it there and see where that goes. Any uh, anything you want to commit to adding? Anything you know? Uh, well, Braintree, if I if if their API works, I'll add that. Mm. Um, but that's a big if. I haven't even looked at Braintree. I don't know what their API. Is. I mean, there could be like all sorts of administrative issues there that just won't me won't let me add that. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot more, a lot more reports, a lot more. Like just the other day, Taylor asked on Twitter if there's a way to go into Stripe and export an invoice of all the fees. Uh, payment right. fees, right? Because um, that's like some texting that he probably needs to do. And I don't think Stripe offers any reporting there, but that will be like yeah. a, that. Technically, that's something has kind of already, you know, spit out. Mm-hmm. It's just not there, right? I mean, it's doing all this calculation, it's yeah. storing all this data. So there's no reason to say, all right, here's all your fees as an invoice. 
Well, here's um, an interesting idea for you, for your uh, your uh, <clears throat> to-do. Now, I've always wanted, because Stripe doesn't give you this, nobody ever gives it to you, is a breakdown. Yeah, because you can't get the fees easily. And to know the percentage you're paying Stripe by credit card type, mm-hmm. because then you can go back to them and uh, well, to know your ratio first, because if you're just on the regular Stripe, then it's just a 2.9% for everything. But if you know your ratio of like visas versus American Express, then you could go to them. Like we've done this and they gave us a much lower rate for Visa and mm-hmm. MasterCard, but a much higher rate for American Express. Mm-hmm. And so like right now, I actually don't know if that's losing us money because <laughs> it, it's hard to tell because you don't, you can't easily just see fees by themselves and there's no way to at all really see like the percentage of transactions and what your costs would have been. You know, there's no way to do a quick calculation on, oh, yeah, we actually paid more because they increased American Express on us based on our, you know, volume of American Express. Right. So, and you have all that info in there too. So. Yeah, all that is in there. So it's just a matter of adding the reports. And uh, so yeah. I wanted to add those. Uh, and then just generally just go around in concentric circles and just add stuff to it. Right. Um, and then see where it goes. But like, I, I don't want to fall into the trap of, I, I've done this before where I'm like, oh, I released it now onto more features. Right. And I spend the next months whatever number of months adding features to something that's just not getting traction at all. Yeah. Um, so well, that's we'll with, you got to really, you got to email and push on those Stripe guys and try to get a little Stripe, Stripe shout out love. I think that would yeah. Be uh, you know, I try, I, I looked sort of into, they have sort of a semi-official backend for sort of registering your thing. Mm. Um, but <laughs> like you go just through the instructions and it's just like crystal clear that they have no, no understanding that there's a world outside of web, web applications. Right. <laughs> like everything, oh, just enter your JSONP thing here. We'll give you a call back when you need. Right. <laughs> and it's all just like different variants on what kind of web application are you building against our API. And like, I'm not. So like but this even, entire page of instructions does not apply. Forget about that. Go go around those channels. Just like get to a person in like marketing and be like, tweet this. You know what I mean? All right. Push we'll it out see. to people. That's not my thing. But I have <laughs> but to go into the, the, especially with combined with like you know um, like if you're going to advertise on like Laravel News and developer places where those are the kind of people that follow Stripe on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. so they saw you on Stripe account, they hear you on a podcast somewhere. Yeah, I'm gonna start trying all those weird marketing things. I've been doing a lot of marketing, like thinking lately too with HelpSpot stuff. It's so brutal to think about marketing. So the, the the one thing that was interesting uh, the day before I released Hast is Parse closed down. Oh, yes. Fist. You weren't using that, were you? No, but what happened the day after Parse closed down and millions of developers screamed in anguish is half of those millions of developers are like, I'm never going to use a software as a service for my backend ever again. I wish I had a, a thing like that that I could install on my server. And what was I planning to do with Uberdeck? Exactly that. Releasing it as an on on site hosted push notification server thing. And I wish I had worked on it so that I had something ready for this catastrophe. (laughs) Because that would have sold a lot of licenses. You got a year, right? So Yeah, I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on that. But now parts was more than just Yeah, it was, was, yeah. But a lot of people just basically jumped to that for push. Mm. Um but you know, they started offering a lot more after the fact, but initially they were just, I think, initially they were just mostly push is what they're known for. I still think you could do like, do 
people say that, but at the end of the day, the world's like moved so far the other direction, you know? Like, I still think there's a place, like maybe an even simpler, like if they're just using this API for pushing, like you could just pull the API part out, make a little SaaS thing that's just a push API thinger, you know? Just take that code and make your own push API thinger. And but forget about all the rest of the features UberDeck had, like managing campaigns and all that. Like, it's just a straight, you pay us per 10,000 calls or whatever. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at what uh, where Overdeck stands now and what to do with that. But oh. so after this, now you know, a bunch of client work, of course, that I got to catch up on, and um, uh, Overdeck and Scribbleton. I gotta, I gotta do paid Scribbleton. Yeah, it's you just should. sitting there crazy. I see tweets every now and then. Oh, downloaded Scribbleton. It's like it's not even connected to me anymore. It's just this free thing <laughs> floating around for the past two years. You gotta reconnect that. Yeah. You can just get the pay payment stuff. I mean, you just yeah, I just got to pass. Gotta, so. That's right. Yeah, I just got to plug in the cashier or whatever. Do a, get a little army of you know five ten dollar a month uh, little desktop apps. Oh no, it's not gonna be subscription. No, no, why not? Because it's a consumer product. It doesn't demand. I mean, two dollars. No, two dollars a month. No, it's gonna be straight up whatever regular basic license. Buy me a cheap diner co- coffee, two bucks a month. No. <laughs> I don't know. I see. I kind of like it. There's, there's, so there's a lot of stuff I don't like about the SaaS, but I do like the alignment it gives like the consumer and the business, right? Like these people are paying every month. And then if you, you know, aren't maintaining it or it starts to stink, like then they all stop paying you. So I don't know. I feel like there's, but there's like nothing that demands that, you know, a desktop wiki tool demands from, from benefits from, justifies (laughs) justifies <laughs> two dollars a month is not a lot of money but it doesn't matter why is an ongoing payment thing uh, adobe did this and like i yeah, guess jet, jet brain guys are doing this now Everybody's doing it. and uh, i mean all these i mean the uh the, a lot of the games have either a straight subscription or essentially are doing the same thing by making you buy your coins every you know day like we talked about on the last show so you know Consumers are used to getting hit up like that. And I, you know, Scribbleton's a quasi-business app. I mean, there are obviously people who are just using it straight personal use. But I, I have no idea what the Scribbleton consumer base is now at this point. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's business users using it. Um, I mean, how many people have the, – the core feature is this cross-platform nature of it. Like, that's a very particular clientele right there who cares about that, you know? I don't know. It doesn't feel right. I might do it because it's. I already implemented all the subscription stuff for Hast. It's easy right. to just port a subscription backend yeah. to a subscription backend. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't make sense. It makes more sense to do it like a thirty dollar download or something. Like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, but that that thing is just sitting. It's like solid polished and it's just sitting there free for no other reason than I got caught up with a lot of client work and just didn't have time to put anything into it as far as payment. Like I, I built a product and they put it up there and it's just there and I sort of like don't have time to monetize it. <laughs> it's just weird. It's not good. Um, you just yeah. got to get that store up. I got to get that up, yeah. And the uh, Uber Deck. Subscription, subscription it. Try it. Nobody's paying you anything for it right now, so it doesn't matter, right? Like if you start that way and it doesn't sell any, nobody wants to pay you $3 a month or whatever. They just give all those people it. a license. Yeah, you could. Yeah, if you switch to then its own license, that's simple. Because then you're like, hey, we got rid of subscriptions. Better news for you. This now runs forever. Here you go. And if it, you know, it's easier going that way than the other way. Like we're going the other way with HelpSpot, and it's a huge pain in the butt because the own license people, we can't be like, 
We can't change it all up on them. So the whole store infrastructure has like two completely separate code paths that mm-hmm. are like for the old people and one for the new people. And, you know, 10 years from now, there's still going to be, you know, 200 of the old people who pay us support every year. And so we have this whole giant chunk of code that just deals with all the crazy stuff about that that's totally separate from the subscription stuff. And right. you got to test all that and we make it change. And it's crazy. Right. License keys, like the one thing, is, you know, all that stuff. I mean, you still need some of that since it's desktop, but. Yeah, the desktop is kind of a weird hybrid of the worst possible parts of, of yeah, when it comes to payment implementations, licensing from a regular license type of software and still a subscription and checking of licenses from a SaaS perspective. It's, it's a weird, yeah. no, no wonder nobody's doing this. It's a weird <laughs> hybrid. We're off, off on your own out there. That's how you like it though. You like That's to be true. unique flower. That's true. What's going on with you? This week, Linode, who is our season-long sponsor here in our winter-spring season of Bootstrapped. So um, Linode, as we've said before, we both use them for a big, huge pile of servers. Um, Plans start at just 10 bucks a month for the one gig server, which is what at Userscape we run almost everything on a one gig server. We might have like one, two gig server, but... Pretty much all uh, a whole bunch of one gig servers for like each separate site we run. Yeah, that's um, what we do as well. It's uh, you know it's got hourly billing now, so you can just spin them up for you know try out projects, get billed. I don't even know twenty cents or whatever it is, and uh, spin it back down. Last uh, you know six months or so, they made a bunch of underlying improvements, faster architecture. It's all um, SSD. It's all modern processors. Uh, it's all, you know, 40 gigabyte a second networking, 24-7 support, uh, money-back guarantee. So if you're not happy, you get seven days to get your money back, which I don't think I've ever heard of another hosting solution doing that. So you spin it up, try it. Um, if you don't like it, you can get your money back. Uh, if you use our offer code of Bootstrapped FM, you are uh, Bootstrapped 20. This time it's Bootstrapped 20. Uh, you get $20 off so you don't even need the money back guarantee you're gonna get two months of, of a one gig server for free so you can use offer you could code. you could launch get no traction and shut down and sunset <laughs> all in your first free two months that's not i don't think that's the way you want to market these things andre but i like i, I can't see where your head's at um and it costs you nothing there you go so start your startup today first two months on us bootstrap 20 link in the show notes Thanks to Linode for uh, being a great service that we use to run our businesses as well as uh, supporting the podcast. So thanks a lot to Linode. All right. So what is going on with Userscape? Um, I'm sitting in our new office. Yay! World headquarters. Well, I, I got to drive up there now. Yes, you do. See this. That's a very good idea. You absolutely should do that. You got to drive up there and do a, a, a what is it called? A comp- compendium Com- when you have an add-on to the show as a little uh, as a little walk through Ian's new office video. Ah, yes. Well, I was thinking I should get a little camera here so you can just watch me be in the office, you know, a little live feed for you. Yeah. Like but uh, I know you'd like that. Or Twitch, I guess. Or what I know you use it for those things these days. But um, yeah, apparently weird. you could just type weird URLs into Google now and, and load up a whole bunch of weird cameras that are not supposed to be public. <laughs> I heard something. <laughs> like people's teddy bear. Like yeah, like baby cameras. monitors and stuff. Really weird. The internet is a horrible so, place. How's the, how far away well, is it from me? We got to do a bootstrapped uh, 
a bootstrapped live, you know, where we are in the same physical location. We've never done that. Maps.google.com. Yeah, I was going to that. See From Wanta to Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Two hours. That. You come up in the morning, you hang out, we have lunch right where we are now. You can walk to all the eateries in town and everything's right here. Uh, there's a pool place farther down the street. We could uh, get coffee. Um, that right, my favorite part about this new office. So, well, my favorite part about this new office is I'm looking right now from my office at the Vassar College campus, mm-hmm. so I can walk across the street, be in Vassar College, take a nice walk, relaxing. Discovered a food truck over there yesterday. On the- how far away is the CIA from there? The CIA. This is the Culinary Institute of America. Is about ten or fifteen minutes. Okay, so can we get yummy food? Yeah, the culinary is awesome. We can right. go there. We right next to us, or a couple stores down, is the uh, CIA CIA trained chef who runs kind of my favorite eatery. But in addition to that, we can go to the CIA itself, which is amazing, and they have a whole bunch of different places to eat, from like cafes to fancier things. So we could definitely do that. Uh, I would definitely recommend that. You got to get up here. You got to spend the night and spend like two full days. You got to do one of those things that the 37 guys did with the $1,000 a seat, come look at our office thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I want to do something here like that. No, I'm not going to charge any money for it, but it would be cool to do a a little get together in the office now that I have office. So this, I just have one office in this larger, you know, what you would traditionally call an office. And then uh, in with my brother's company who has the rest of the office space. Um, So me and Jamie are in our one large room together and uh, because all the other userscape employees are obviously not anywhere near Poughkeepsie Uh, so it's great I get to see my brother every day um, or most days I'll be here most days my cousin also they have the business together see my cousin Um, so it's nice conference room I got conference room and the kids are all in school the kids are all in school for the most part for four out of the five days a week they're all in school and then uh, one day a week the youngest is home with uh, with Jamie so, yeah, and Jamie's in and out. She's not here all the time. Like right now, she's not here, but uh, she's kind of in and out depending on what's going on. Mm. So maybe so, yeah, I'll come nice. up when, uh, you know, Ethan is in school full time now. Maybe I'll come up, I think, in two weeks. They have some sort of a week off thing. Mm. Uh, so I can't go when he's in school because I have to drop him off and pick him up. Um, but maybe I'll come up that week. I think it's in two weeks. Um, Yeah, that would work for me. I like it. Let's do it. We'll cool. do Bootstrap Live. We'll hang out. Look at this. This is exciting podcasting, making personal <laughs> lunch dates. Um, yes, you should come check it out. And people who are in the Poughkeepsie-ish area. Which is nobody. Which is probably nobody, but if you are, we might eventually do uh, do something. You should also come out. Another thing I went to last week was uh, Hudson Valley Tech Meetup. So if you're mm-hmm. in the Poughkeepsie-ish area, you should already be going to the HV Tech Meetup and uh, come say hi to me because I'm usually there. Announce it as a party. And hopefully, Bill Murray will show up and crash it. <laughs> I'll tweet him. I can never tell. Sometimes you see these tweets from like Bill Murray Twitter accounts. I think they're almost always fake, but I don't know if one of them is actually real. You know that he shows up at people's parties and crashes. Oh, no, not that part. But like, is he actually on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Some yeah. I don't know. I, some of them they feel like a Bill Murray thing. They feel like you would say it. Not like Picard's life hacking tips or whatever. <laughs> but they actually feel like something he would. Say, I guess. Well, Bill Murray's so crazy, you don't really like know. You can't tell. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so that was exciting. Got all moved in here, all set up. Mm, 
it's it's nice. Been nice getting up and going somewhere. See if it gets old. But it's also been nice because it's not really winter here. Because it's, it's just like right now it's raining and sixty when it should be like three feet of snow coming down. Yeah, I don't so know what's going on. That makes it easier to go uh, into the office and you don't have to trudge through snow and all that. So, uh, so what have you been up to? Um, next week I'm going to Saster conference. Not you, the company. Uh, I, I talk all the time about what I'm doing and not doing and not succeeding. Your inner feelings. And you're supposed to talk about what you're doing and how you're better than me. We're still figuring out the format. <laughs> um, all right. So what are we working on? This is oh, what man. people listen so, to the show about. They listen to me fail and you not. Oh, stop it. I failed at stuff on the show. The whole premise of the show was that we were launching. I was launching Snappy. You, you sold were, it. Yeah, but I didn't make any money. I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's not succeeding. That's failing. If you're minus hundreds of thousands of dollars, that's a failure. All right. Next. Check. Um, I failed a bunch of stuff. The uh, other uh, initiatives I've done that uh, haven't worked out. I've had one good idea ever. I'm riding that idea out to the end here. Uh, I've been – all right. So what we've been doing is – you know, it's like we, we just finally got done with some back office stuff still. It's like months and months and months of back office. But we're going to launch like a partner program for HelpSpot so that like IT consultancies. And I'm going to open it up to some blogger, podcaster types if they're people who I can vouch for as being respectable and reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so we're going to do a partner program where people can make money if they refer people to buying HelpSpot. Um, and it's going to be, it's pretty like sizable bonus referral. So, I mean, you can make thousands of dollars easily. <laughs> so I'm hopeful that that will be good. Uh, so we had to build out stuff to like track partners and their payments and billing or not billing them, but, uh, paying them and all this stuff that there should be tools that let you do it. But I'm just, I'm thinking about that right now. Like every company in the world is building back office nonsense every couple of weeks. I know it's crazy, and you think that, and there are tools for some things, right? And like, if you want to just run a straight up consumer level referral thing, there's like an affiliate thing. There is a few things that do that, but as soon as you want to like validate someone and not just let anybody who signs up in, and you want to, you know, just have a little more control there, uh, and you or you want to control how the payments work a little more precisely, like then none of these things do that. And, and they're so, all like super generic, like for selling yeah. towels and stuff. You don't like. Everybody in the consulting world is like, you got to do super niche things, find your like, you do whatever for a very specific group of people and you'll do just this one task and you're the super duper person doing this, super duper niche, right? Yeah. And in the software world, nobody's doing that. Everybody's like, oh, I got to, uh, I have this side thing that seems to be working in my business. I'm going to package it up and sell it. And all of a sudden it becomes a super generic thing. That applies to like everybody and loses its nichiness, and now it's not useful to anybody, and somebody else is doing their own. Yeah, we build a lot of our own stuff. It's really annoying. Yeah, so so everybody who's taking crap out of their apps to do as a side product thing, just keep it tight. I think you might sell more. (laughs) Yeah, it's always like that. You never know which way to go. It's like sometimes where the general, like HealthSpot's pretty general, right? It's like okay, there's this general thing that kind of works, but then there's like uh, other points, you need that super niche because you have a very specific task and without something that's designed specifically for that, 
just doesn't work. So I don't know. Now there is like the recurlies and things. Some of those things that could have maybe eliminate chunks of our back office, but now to go through and, you know, strip stuff out is silly. And none of that stuff still deals with like licensing or anything. So we'd still have to have a whole bunch of things where after a sale, it calls us and we build licenses and, and now we have the cloud stuff, which has to spin up new servers for new customers and yada, yada, yada. So I don't know. There's no good answers. But yes, we have to build a bunch of stuff that presumably other people have to build too. Or, or just or you just don't do it, right? Like I've talked about doing this partner, this style partner program for seven years, <laughs> like something like that. But it's just every time I go look for software to like let me manage it, it doesn't exist. And then I figure, well, I don't want to get into messing with our back office stuff. So forget it. And it gets pushed away. So 2016 is the year I finally get it done. So Eric built that for us and got that working. So now I have to get the pages up to talk about it and start publicizing a little bit. Since I'm going away next week, I'm not going to get all that done. But uh, Wait, I, I, I cut you off last time, just like now. Uh, where are you going? <laughs> Disaster. Disaster. It's a. It's really more for kind of VC backed, not ten years bootstrapped and profitable. But this is San uh, Francisco. Yeah, of course. But uh, it's very focused on the sales end of things, and for us, that's what we're going to be doing more of. So uh, it looked really good, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that would be useful for us. So I think I'm going to. You know, I am going, and then we'll see what I can pull out of it. That's that's useful. So. There's a conference you tweeted about this morning with Stallman in there. Stallman! I never heard about this conference, but I looked at the speakers list and it's like pretty big see. guys. Like they, they put money into this. Larry Wall is there. Oh, the guy, people you never Pearl. see. Like you never see these guys talking. I mean, you literally never see Stallman talking anywhere, but Larry Wall, I've never seen him on conference website, you know? Yeah. So a lot of pretty heavy people on there. I, it seems like like the business of software type of conference where it's just a conference, but no, there's like tens of millions of dollars behind yeah. this conference. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, I mean, it's those guys in Pittsburgh, code code and supply, supply and code. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've just heard of them. I don't know much about them. But then you know, this came across my Twitter feed and I was like, holy cow, this thing is blowing it out. And they got Stallman right there. Yeah. But I don't really want to go to out. The Pittsburgh. The sponsor is huge. It's like $50,000 for a top sponsorship. Which is, but. I don't really want to go to Pittsburgh, though. Oh, Pittsburgh's awesome. You yeah. think Pittsburgh's horrible, but it's spectacular. All I see in my head is just this billowing smoke piles. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really Detroit. Awesome. <laughs> I see Detroit. No, no, it's nothing like Detroit. I mean, I've never been to Detroit, but it's nothing like I imagined Detroit to be. <laughs> it's, uh, no, Pittsburgh's spectacular. I lived there for two months when I was working at Office Depot, getting trained in really cool city. Highly recommended. So that was one of the things I really liked about it. I was like, hey, I go to Pittsburgh. But uh, I can't go to that one because I will be away on vacation. Mm. So That's August, right? Yeah, what is that? Like, uh, what's the name of that in case people – I got to add it to the show notes now that we're talking yeah, about it. I want to the show notes, but I don't remember what it's called. Let me look. I can look at my tweets. We have the technology. <laughs> uh, abstractions.io. Oh, Jesus. Nice. So – that's kind of a weird name. I don't really like the name at all, but the website is really nicely done and uh, they have Stallman. So they do have Stallman. There you go. I really, I would love to go to that. Like, does Stallman just show up with, like, I, I don't know, like, what's he look like? like what's it's he kind wearing? Of, it's kind of, well, it's always a gray shirt. <clears throat> um, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of cruel to think about that. You People probably go, 
to see Stallman. Oh, see, I would go to, to see to see Stallman. Like not yeah. even caring what he's going to talk about. No, <laughs> I won't care at all what he's talking about. I just want to see Stallman. But that's kind of bad because because uh, you know he's a human being <laughs> and he has In things theory. to say. He has things to say. I mean, if anything about Stallman, it's all about what he has to say. Yeah, right. Well, that's why I think you want to go there and see what kind of crazy thing he's going to say. But I'm just saying, we would like. John Carmack. I would go to a conference and see John Carmack talking, though I 100% won't understand anything about it. <laughs> have a different thing, but yeah. <laughs> similar in that way. Um, <laughs> You'll understand what Stallman's saying. You just won't necessarily like it. Yeah. Carmack, you just have no idea. No idea. Even his tweets are past my, yeah, past my, <laughs> yeah. over my head. Uh, Carmack needs a function. He writes a function. <laughs> yeah, so that conference looks interesting. Even Larry Wall, I mean. Yeah. yeah. And there's Certainly. a woman uh, talking on it from up here who goes to the HV Tech meetup who works on uh, Rails. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Rails core team. I saw somebody right. was, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hudson Valley representing. We're going to move you up here, Andre. You got to get out of no. Long Island, which is Less the most cold. cliche place in the world for you to live and get up here into the country. You could, you could be in this office. You could be in here. We could have Bootstrap Central. I don't want to live anymore north. I want to go south. I, I agree be with warm. that. In theory, but it's not really much colder here than where you are. That's true. Two hours or whatever. That's not too bad. I do um, generally agree with that, though. All right. You got anything else? Uh, I got a couple of things I'm working on. Anything you want to share? <coughs> I don't know yet. I got some <laughs> content marketing initiatives. I, I think I almost figured out content marketing. So, you know, 10 years ago, I had content marketing figured out because it was just me having a blog mm-hmm. and like internet famous people would link to it just because there weren't that many blogs and that worked. You were content marketing. It was 14 years ago, probably or whatever, but yes, yes, I was content marketing and now like everybody does it and you really have to find your angle and a voice that makes sense. And I feel like that's always eluded me. So I've just ignored it. Um, and we've gone with the more like, Hey, we do the great customer service. We improve the product. That's it. That's what we do. And that's worked. But I, uh, I know I, I had an idea for, an, an angle that is true to us. I'm not going to talk about it yet because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so I'm kind of excited about that. I want to work on that over the couple, couple, couple of weeks. And I also found this format for doing like email courses. So, you know, like email courses, like the hotness for mm-hmm. get people into your email course. And then you can email them other things and turn them into customers, so on and so forth. But every time I ever sign up for one of these things, I never like read them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I've been researching that and how Brennan Dunn does it. And he does some really interesting stuff with his email course. So if you're thinking about doing an email course, I would check out uh, Brennan Dunn's Charge What You're Worth course because, um, well, if you're a freelancer, you should probably just check it out because it's good info. But then also if you're just interested in it from a marketing tactics perspective, there's some interesting things he does in there that I could see how it would drive uh like increase the usefulness of what you're doing, not just like having an email course to have it, but to actually get people to do the things you're explaining that you should be doing. So check that out. Um, I started blogging more again, just cause I always want to blog more, but I've always been trying to force myself to write big, long articles and that's then I don't have time for that. So I've taken this new long tweet approach where now my blog posts are kind of just like long tweets. So something I would have ranted about in a tweet, I now just put into a couple paragraphs and uh, blog it. So that's worked out pretty good. People have been uh, retweeting it and getting some good feedback. So that's that's been nice. It's kind of interesting when you go on my site on ianlandsman.com. Uh, <laughs> if you 
very creative creative name I have for it. Um, what's kind of cool is you I have the archive. That's like kind of old school theme, and it's like holy crap. There's a lot of archive days. It goes all the way back to October 2004. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> Yeah, mine does as well, I think, 2005, because at some point I lost the database from 2004. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I'm trying to see if there's any, there is, like, 2010, I didn't write anything in 2010, um, or at least nothing that was on the blog. But I think every other year there's at least one. Every other year at least has a few, and then, uh, you know, like, at 2008 and, and back, there's a lot of stuff. But uh, so I'm building it up. I'm up to seven so far in 2016, so we'll see how it goes. All right. Cool. cool. I got nothing else. Nothing else? So you're gonna I got nothing. Gonna give us a, a hast update then in a couple I, of weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna force myself to figure out a way what to do with myself that's not coding features for hast. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. You should just put every all your effort for the time you have on for hast into just something marketing related. Right now I don't know what that is other than stare at my monitor. No, you gotta get the strike people. You should be going on every angle of strike people. That is like the first thing is to get the strike people to know about you and to push it. Because I think that's a good story. A secure, nobody's going through your crap. Like that is something that strike people will like. That's why you gotta reach a person because then you can explain it and they'll get it. Not just like at them and hope the person who runs the like Twitter feed retweets it or whatever. Yeah. Get in there. That should be your only mission. That's your mission. When we go, do our next podcast, Probably in two weeks since I'll be away next week. That's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I want to hear how you got the Stripe guy on the phone. Yeah. I can give you a pretty definitive preview of that <laughs> outcome right you know now. What? I, can, I can, <laughs> can help you because I have, if he still has the same address, I was first messed with Stripe like forever ago when it was like, you know, tiny. And uh, I'm pretty sure I have like the founder's email. So I will send you that. I will give you a leg up. Now he might ignore his email. So you shouldn't just go on that. But I'll <laughs> give you the founder's email or one of the founders. I don't know. He's one of the founders. And uh, we'll go from there. That's what I want to hear. That's your homework. All right. Have a good week. All right. Have, have fun in San Francisco. I will, I will tweet you an update. And then, yeah, if anybody has any ideas for like, things I'm supposed to be doing in San Francisco, like hit me up on Twitter because I have one day uh, after the conference, but before I leave, I'm going to do like touristy stuff. So Go to the giantbomb.com's office and mm. get me some autographs because they're the only podcast I listen to. Okay. Interesting. I probably won't do that, but if I come across, <laughs> it, I come across it, I will. Right. Or uh, And I also would like to go to the JWZ uh, pizza joint, but all right. He's also in San Francisco. Yeah. He's Do you have to dress up like a goth to get the pizza or is that only for the nightclub? I think that's only for the nightclub. All right. I'm thinking about going in as internet geek if I go to the nightclub. And mostly I just want to find JWZ, you know? Like I want to go and hunt him down. He doesn't. You know how my wife always says that men age well? Um, and he did. You have a, There's this uh, interview with him on YouTube. Not a lot of videos of him, mm-hmm. but there's this one recent video of him on YouTube. And if you compare that to like that, Netscape documentary that we watched from like 97 or whatever it was. Right. He aged well. Really? Money does good things. What? Like. Huh? Yeah, I, I mean, wondering. he cut off his hair. He looks mm-hmm. not like a not like a, a punky kid anymore. But yeah, yeah, he aged well. Hmm. Weird. I didn't I, I didn't recognize him. Well, <laughs> because of the missing hair. The hair and like he he I don't know, he built out like he must go to the gym and like he I don't know, just he's got time. Yeah. Anyway. 
All right. If I hunt them down, I'll let you know. See you later. Have All fun. Right. Send some pictures on Twitter. I, I like seeing pictures of other places that I've never gone to. <laughs> <laughs> <Will> do. <laughs> All right, dude. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. bye.